All right, welcome back to another episode of Shifting Schools Off the Cuff. Trisha and I have been so busy. I know the last couple of weeks I've done an off the cuff. You've done an off the cuff. We've done off the cuff separately. It's been a while trying to get back into the swing of things here, but we're here together, Trisha. So good to be back on the mic with you. It absolutely is. I find it so much easier to do it when we are chatting together rather than what I feel like is like me talking into the void. So uh, it's great to be doing another one of these uh, collaboratively, Jeff. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. And uh, today, of course, we're going to be talking all about AI and specifically chat GPT. As Trisha said earlier, before we started recording, we love to geek out on AI so you don't have to. And that's what our hope is here at Shifting Schools. Let Trisha and I do all the geeking out for you. And uh, we're just going to bring you the the really good stuff and just some some ideas to be thinking about and pondering. We're doing a ton of AI trainings. Trisha, do you want to talk a little bit about, we had a webinar Last week, we did the webinar uh, with about 20 people. Talk a little bit about what was covered in that webinar and how that's going to lead into today's uh, Off the Cuff. So last week, we had a great group that wanted to come together and think more about how generative AI tools like ChatGPT are giving us an invitation to reimagine assessment and to focus on skills. Uh, And, you know, anytime I think you, and Jeff, I know you've done a lot of research around this, what our students need, what our potential graduates need from us, they need us to be delivering learning that is hyper-focused on skills. Um, You've got some great research that we'll leave in the show notes about this is what the job market wants from graduates, right? Uh, And we also know that for students, that's what keeps it relevant. They actually want to feel like they're building a capacity in in a variety of ways. So we took our webinar participants through a few different examples of what that means to make that pivot using ChatGPT really as a thought partner, as an assistant in learning. And instead of saying to students, uh, you know, instead of sort of, I think, like lying to students about this amazing technology, being really transparent and saying, we know this tool exists. Let's see how we can incorporate it. Let's, you know, be really relevant because we're seeing already so many industries that are, are leveraging this. And we know the odds of students graduating using AI highly likely, right? Um, yeah. And I think what, you, what you're talking about is, is huge, right? Right now, the fastest growing job right now is AI prompt engineer with a starting salary of roughly $150 an hour. If you know how to prompt AI, just think about that as a skill for the future. And again, as corporations, and this is part of the webinar, if you missed it, as corporations are moving to a skill-based uh, employee group, they are saying that degrees aren't worth what they used to be. We're now looking at most of job openings. Only 44% of job openings are requiring a degree. They want to assess skills. And so when we are doing assessments in school, how do we make sure that we're incorporating things like ChatGPT? How are we incorporating and supporting and maybe even assessing, Trisha? think about this. What if we actually assessed the prompt you give to the AI to get the outcome? That's a writing. That is a critical thinking. You think about, we could even just assess what prompt would you give to ChatGPT to get the outcome that you're looking for? And so we're looking at this through this lens of skill-based assessments And of course, as we do over here at Shifting Schools, this is going to shock everybody. I know we've got a framework. We've got a a framework that will help and support you in incorporating ChatGPT 
and supporting students in prompts while you're doing an assessment, as you're working through some kind of creative assessment. Trisha, do you want to take us through our prompt framework, please? Absolutely. So we thought that that title for the framework would be easy to remember when we're talking about chat GPT. So it is the prompt framework. The P is how are you personalizing your learning requests? And this is where I think we're talking to students about the difference from a very vague prompt or a very vague request from chat GPT to thinking more specifically about what your context is and specifically what your needs are. And Jeff, you know, when we're talking about skills, I feel like that really underpins growing your curiosity, which is important in life. The difference between knowing the right question to ask is not only useful in work, but, you know, think about your relationships. And I know parents talk all the time about, you know, I ask my kid, how was your day at school? And they don't say very much. And we say, that's not the right question, right? Yeah, You've right. done like little to nothing to personalize that. So um, uh, again, we, we do feel like when we're talking about helping students understand how to use ChatGPT, we're also inviting them to think about their communication with humans. The R, we're oh, gonna, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, what, what we're going to do is kind of look at this prompt framework through an assessment that I think most of us have done before. It's one of my favorites from high school. Uh, Trisha, did you do the egg drop in high school? I absolutely did. I think multiple okay. times too. Multiple times. So most people might know in science, you do the egg drop where you try to protect an egg, drop it from a ladder, see if you can protect it so it can uh, survive the drop. So we're taking that assessment and we're going to run it through this uh, framework. So Trisha, I think it might be might be cool to kind of go through one of our, like, so this idea of personalization and then thinking about, okay, what does that prompt maybe look like? So when we talk about the prompt framework, Trisha just talked about that. The first P, are you, how are you personalizing your learning requests? Here is a prompt that a student might do. Now think about this. We're working on the egg drop in science class. A student prompt might be, help me draft a resource list of sustainable resources that are cheap and easily accessible uh, the winter of the Pacific Northwest that would be useful to me in conducting an egg drop experiment. Ensure each item is listed in priority of usefulness for an egg drop. Make the list no more than 10 items and no less than seven. That is pretty personalized to exactly what I want. And here's one of the things that happened when I did that prompt. When I did that prompt, styrofoam was one of my answers. Now I have to know some stuff about styrofoam and whether or not styrofoam is a sustainable resource. So this is where we can actually start to assess and we start to talk about what are the prompts I'm giving and what is the prompt giving me back? And then what is my next prompt, right? The thing we have to remember with thing with these chat bots like ChatGPT, the more you respond to them, the better the responses are. So on my list, it came back as the styrofoam. Well, I said to myself, well, that's not really re- a sustainable resource. So ChatGPT, please replace number seven styrofoam with something else that's more sustainable, right? And now I'm starting to interact with it and it's giving me ideas, that idea of curiosity, Trisha. I think that's so great. Using ChatGPT to personalize your responses, to get more curious about what resources it might even ask that I hadn't thought about. And it's, you know, that piece about the conversation back and forth that you mentioned, Jeff, 
what we're not saying is have your students go ask ChatGPT and then accept that as the ultimate truth. Have them question right. it. And this is an information literacy piece where, yes, let's look at what ChatGPT has given back and do more research. It's like the infamous Reagan quote of like, trust but verify. Um, I think that's <laughs> absolutely going to be true with ChatGPT. So you know, you'll be able to find the full free guide with we have for each part of our framework, we've given you two sample teacher prompts and one sample student prompt. So those are all there in the free guide. Jeff and I are just going to highlight a few as we walk through it. But if you want more, um, we have plenty more for you over there in the free guide. The R of the framework is to round up ideas. In terms of brainstorming and ideation, ChatGPT is a giant tool that is so useful, right? That's so great. It really is. And the thing is, though, Jeff, it's, again, still thinking about don't be generic, be specific in thinking about what exactly you want to brainstorm for. And we're still helping students understand what's the next best question you can ask. So, again, if I'm rounding up ideas from the perspective of the teacher, I can go and I can prompt chat GPT to provide a list of 10 alternative items to use in place of an egg for an egg drop experiment. <laughs> like Jeff, you know, the it. price of eggs, everybody's talking about it. Very, very so expensive. Good. So if you can't do the egg drop with the eggs this year, what might you use instead? And then again, there's a great follow-up conversation um, to have there, I think, with students in terms of like, does this work as a substitute? Yes. Did it get it right? Do we think that has the same? What do we need to consider? The density, the weight. You just think about all the science that comes in when we're prompting something like this. And one of the things I find, a lot of times I end up laughing because, and maybe it's, you know, knowledge being knowledge. I can look at a list like that pretty quickly and be like, oh, that's hilarious. That won't work. But I think it'd be really cool in your class to be able to say, "What does this list work? Why or why doesn't that thing work?" And again, and I love your your I love where you're going with this, Trisha, around this idea. And we keep using the phrase "thought partner," right? Chat GPT is your thought partner in whether and the the more you can personalize it, the more you can help it to round up ideas. It's it's a thought partner in me in getting creative juices flowing as we are preparing for and maybe creating our assessment. And and that's something I, I just love about it. Um, and I, it's, it's such a good thought. Problem. And I think with that, there is the power of having, and this is in the free guide, you'll see our template to the portfolio. I would be having students document because Jeff, you know, you mentioned that when you asked ChatGPT for the resource list, it gave you styrofoam. When I did that prompt, the exact same prompt, I actually didn't get that in my list. Oh, cool. So it's great for students to compare. And I would also, if I were going to do this with students, I would ask them, make a prediction of three things that you think ChatGPT is going to put there. Or I would also say, I'm going to ask you, interview two people first, and let's do that comparison piece. Come up that. with your follow-up question, document that. Then let's do a gallery walk of the different follow-up questions that people asked. Um, again, I think this I is going to be a, a learning expander in many ways. Jeff, you want to tell people what the O is in our prompt framework? Yes. So the O stands for outline. What outline can help organize the process? And a lot of people don't understand. And again, Trisha and I love geeking out on ChatGPT. I think this is all we do all day in our Slack channels. Be like, did you try this prompt? Have you tried that prompt? 
But one of the things it can do is it can actually give you an outline of note-taking strategies. It can give you an outline of how to get started in creating something. Uh, so you can use it to create an outline. So one of the prompts that we have, one of the teacher's prompts that you might use if you were doing the egg drop, as a teacher, you might go over and say, create a self-guided outline for a syllabus for a grade six science students to learn more about the engineering needed to win an egg drop competition. What's the engineering that's gonna need to go into this? I think a lot of times, I think back to my egg drop, we didn't really dig into the engineering side of things. It was just go make something. I know whatever you happen to have with you, egg cartons or straws or glue, whatever it was. But to start thinking about, okay, well, what, what, what are some of the engineering things I need to consider? And I wonder, and I'm just thinking now as we're recording this, even if I said, if I wanted an egg drop to, uh, to survive a fall from five, peep, five feet, what would you recommend? I just wonder what ChatGPT would do. It might be kind of fun to see what it would recommend to protect that egg. I don't know if parachute, which is what one of the things I tried, is, is actually going to work. But uh, be interesting to see what it comes up yeah. with. So outline. It can help you outline a bunch of ideas, help you create a syllabus, help students outline some ideas for what might be my next step. What are the engineering needs that I may need to consider? Uh, just so many great ways to use it as an outline tool. The M stands for manage and maintain a schedule. I don't know about you, Jeff, but this was always one of my least enjoyable <laughs> teacher tasks was when you had to create a schedule for an event or, you know, sometimes when we're supporting parents and caretakers who they want their students to, you know, like have a exam prep schedule or a weekend schedule that helps give some parameters around how much time should I take on these tasks building a schedule used to take me at least a lot of time. Now, in a few minutes, uh, one of our teacher prompts is create a 90-minute schedule for an egg drop competition that includes 10 different student teams. Ensure there is time for the introduction, time for the experiment, time for the awards, and time for judging. Include emojis in the schedule and use a table template. Also include a translation in Spanish. Each team should be named after a wildflower found in Washington State. Talk about hyper-specific. Boom. Hyper-specific. That would have taken me hours to build that kind yeah. of schedule, but I had it in mere moments. Yeah. I even love the idea where you're asking it to come up with a team name. I even think about how that as, as we're introducing ChatGPT to students and all the amazing things it can do. I could even see a group of students sitting around and say, give me 10 ideas for a team name that have to do with, right? Not, not just a team name, but that have to do with something we're studying in science. And maybe you as a teacher put some of those parameters that kids get to choose from when they're asking for team names uh, and just see some of the creative stuff that comes up. I love the idea of wildflowers. That's that's such a great one. It's so creative. Well, and it's, it's so also, creative. I think, getting students into the practice of like rough draft thinking. So I would have that schedule generated. And let's look at it like you and I love the wildflowers from Washington State. But hey, that's right. what's a better organizing team principle? Like, let's see what else we can come up with. What is this schedule neglecting to remember? What did it maybe assume about the time it takes? Um, again, we have a rough draft to work from and students yeah. can always improve it. So I think sometimes I've had students that have been like, why do I have to do a rough draft first? Here's a great example of because once we have the rough draft, then we can see where that room for improvement is. 
Yeah. And now you have somebody to do the rough draft for you. So you just get to jump to the improvement part, which is awesome. That's the fun part, right? I mean, and I mean, ugh, I just think about how many times I, and even still today, I use ChatGPT as a rough draft. It's my thought partner. Hey, give this email to me or write this for me or do this pitch for me. Oh, great. That's that's great. Copy, edit, 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 edit. Now it's mine. You know, what a great, uh, I just, it's so great to, to use tools like this that can get you to the stuff that you actually need to be focused on. Uh, it's such a great thought partner that way. The second P in our prompt framework stands for when might you play with perspectives and voice? Now, this is something that really a lot of people, if you're on the internet a lot and you're really into AI like Trisha and I, this new idea of telling it to take on a, per, a perspective or to give it a voice is something that's really interesting that you can play with within ChatGPT. So we are talking with uh, one of our prompts that we have for the students on this one. When you're playing with perspective and voice, a student might give it a prompt that says, Give me a script for three grade five friends who are arguing about how to best win an egg drop competition. Trisha, we know sometimes in groups, there's things get heated. Uh, so we could go over and say, hey, give me a script for, for some friends who are arguing about, or even give me some questions to, to support our dialogue as a group. Um, I love that. And the perspective here is as fifth grade friends right? That's the perspective part is as what, as a seventh grader, as a 10th grader, as an 11th grade ELA teacher, you can actually prompt ChatGPT to take on a persona and say, from this perspective, what would you tell me from that perspective? What would you tell me? Uh, and it's really great. I think to introduce kids to that as a 14 year old, what would you tell me? How would you help me support me in handling this situation? Uh, what are questions I need to be asking of my teammates in the egg drop? And, and it's just really great that when you can start playing with that perspective and voice. I, yeah, and that's the thing, right? I am so interested in how we are going to leverage tools like ChatGPT for social emotional learning, because I would take that so script true. and I'd be asking students, you know, for character A, how would you have handled that differently? Or how is the AI actually not understanding conflict that happens at your grade level with your friends? What is it missing yeah. out on? Um, and I, again, I think creating like case studies and scenarios also hugely time consuming. Now I have yep. a tool that's going to help me make them that I think serves as great conversation starters with students. Um, and that's really what we want, right? We want to use ChatGPT to foster conversations in the classroom between students with us as a guide. That's our goal. Our goal is to leverage technology to spend more quality time with our kids. Let me say that again. Our goal is to leverage technology, not replace us, not replace conversations. It's to leverage technology. This is what we do with all technology in the classroom. Leverage technology so that I get to spend more quality time with my kids. I don't have time, as you said, Trisha, to make the outline, to come up with the scenario for SEL that we can discuss, or that time is time I could be doing other things. I could have ChatGPT make those things up. And now I get to just spend time talking to kids about the scenario, talking to kids about the timing. That's what I want. I want conversations in our classrooms. And ChatGPT allows us to do this stuff in the background so that we spend more time in those quality conversations, the things that we know make a difference in education. And Jeff, you have me thinking, you know, when we did our Future World of Work mini podcast series, 
every guest came on and talked about how important interdisciplinary thinking was in the work that they did, right? So we know interdisciplinary learning is super useful, also time-consuming. However, now I've got built-in ELA writing with my STEM, right? Uh, You know, one of the teacher prompts for this was create a newsletter advertisement for an egg drop competition Write it in the style of Ted Lasso. Make sure it is no more than 10 lines long. The ideal audience are parents at a K-12 school where the MYP is taught. Now, if <laughs> if my class are not big Ted Lasso fans, like I would go with what they're really into at that moment. Yeah. And then we can have a great conversation about, is it in the voice of that character, of that singer, of you know that cartoon uh, personality. We've got a great built-in ELA lesson right there. So if I wanted to do something interdisciplinary, this is a huge game changer and time saver as well. I love that. And the T in our prompt framework stands for tune, as in which resources can you better tune into? And again, this goes back to this idea that it's a thought partner. It's something where we can look for uh, some resources that we could ask it some deeper understandings and give me some questions. One of our prompts for teachers might be create the text for a three panel comic strip about shock absorption. Uh, make the character a Washington state university mascots. Right. And again, this was all focused on Washington state because that's where I'm from, but you can change that to be whatever you want it to be. And all of a sudden I've now got this resource list that then I'm going to continue to ask it questions, right? Continue to ask it questions, get more personal with it, ask it to fine tune uh, the responses that it has. That's the power of ChatGPT. It's not the first question you ask. It's the second and third question that you really start to see, oh yeah, this is getting to something I can really use. And that's something to, to keep in mind when we're playing with these, when we're playing with all of these AI chatbots. So, uh, Trisha, thank you again for making this framework. That's the prompt framework. Again, stands for personalizing, round, outline, manage, play, and tune. And we're going to have this as a probably a free PDF, knowing you, Trisha, right? That's right. You head over to the show notes. You've got the free guide that has the framework. It has uh, three times the amount of prompts you just heard Jeff and I run through with a few examples. So if you have not yet created an account with ChatGPT and you just want to see the output, uh, we've taken a few screenshots so that you can be thinking, okay, some of my existing is assessment practice, or if the egg drop is a super important tradition of your classroom, just to help get you thinking about, I don't necessarily need to completely reimagine everything, but what can I do to pair this revolutionary transformative technology with things that we are doing already. Inside that free guide is also a sample of the portfolio. You heard me mention that I think a big part of this is also going to have be having students document their journey. If they are creating their own prompts, have them document the prompts so you can have that follow-up conversation about, well, what might have been a better question? Or what did you notice uh, You know, your students in this other group were asking for? And how uh, how did that help them get some different responses or some different ideas. I think, again, we've got a great opportunity to make the process of learning transparent and accessible to students with this technology. 
I love that. Transparent and accessible. That is what you should use technology for. Transparency and accessibility for all students. And I think ChatGPT leads us right down that path. As we get ready to sign off, we do want to mention that we have uh, created a cohort that people can join starting in August. We're going to go ahead and get this started for the new year. But what Trisha and I have been talking about is that we love geeking out on AI and we are willing to do all the geek out at AI so that you don't have to. And so our goal is starting in August, we are creating a three-month generative AI cohort. If you want to join us for a unique experience Uh, where you get to geek out with us. We do the learning and we give you uh, everything that we're learning so that you can go and start implementing it and trying it with your students. This is a very unique opportunity. We are limiting it. So you're going to want to make sure that you sign up and hold your seat now. Uh, And we also have an introductory price uh, for the next couple of weeks. Trisha, do you want to give more details about our three-month generative AI cohort? Absolutely. And let me start by clarifying, Jeff just said, the cohort size is limited. And sometimes we hear back from people like, why are you doing that? We do that because we really believe that our PD should be personalized. So again, folks who have signed up or indicated interest have already also let us know in part what they are hoping to get from this. And that's why we're keeping it limited because we want to keep our resources as hyper-contextual as we can. So for three months, when you sign up, each month you are going to get a 30-minute webinar that's going to be based on your questions. That's, again, why we can't have 3,000 people sign up. Um, You would be able to join that webinar live or just access the recording You are also going to get a ready-to-roll resource that leverages one of the generative AI frameworks we've created so that you've got something that you can put into action right away. We're not just going to be talking theory or, you know, uh, just concepts. We want to make sure that you're equipped with tools that, okay, I can use this. I can share this with my colleague and put it into practice. Jeff said, you know, we love geeking out. Yes, the idea is we're obsessed with AI, so you don't have to be. So we're going to give you a review of the most important updates and news items that have an impact on us as educators, a curated short list of new tools to try out because because they're coming out all the time. All the time. And I, you know, I find it's not useful when it's sort of like here's hundred new tools, where do you start with? So we're going to do that work of curation. We're also going to give you three of our favorite prompts. Jeff and I are constantly experimenting with different prompts to try out. We're going to continue to help you expand on your idea and your students' ideas for how to use these tools. And then lastly, this is optional only, access to a Slack space for asynchronous sharing. So again, that's three months. The cost early bird pricing here. So you sign up today until June 10th. You get access to all of that for three months for just $175 US dollars. After June 10th, if there are still seats, that price is going up to $325 US dollars. Jeff, how do they save their seat? Yeah. So what you'll need to do is down in the show notes, you, or you can go to shiftingschools.com. But in the show notes, there will be a link for you to fill out a Google form. You can fill out that form now. It is automatically timestamped. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask people to fill out that form. Uh, and then we're, we can work with you because we know how PD funds work in schools. If you have PD funds left for this school year that you need to spend by a certain time, 
reach out to us and say, Hey, Jeff and Trisha, I need to spend these funds. Can I pay my $125 now? And we will say, absolutely. And we'll get you all set up. We have other teachers who have reached out to us already and said, Hey, I've already used my PD funds for this year. Can I wait and pay in August? And the answer is absolutely. We know how PD funds work. So come August, we will have you pay, but you need to be on the list before June 10th to get that special offer. Uh, After June 10th, then of course the price goes up uh, and you'll be paying that price as well. And we'll just have an open registration. But for right now, if you want that early bird pricing, you need to fill out the form. It's in our show notes and it's also linked on our homepage over at Shifting Schools. So you've got to get on the form in order to get that early bird pricing. And then we will get you all set up and you can pay when when is uh, right for you based on your PD funds or however you might be paying. So you reach out to us and we will set that up. We'll reach out to you. Uh, and make sure that we're all on the same page. But this is going to be so much fun. Uh, Just exciting. And the idea of the optional Slack space, if you haven't used Slack before, Trisha and I love using Slack. This is asynchronous. This is where you get to at any time, pretty much in the day, uh, the working day between Trisha and I, and Trisha's East Coast and I'm West Coast. So we pretty much got uh, the US covered where you can reach out and say, hey, I tried this and this is what happened. Or I'm setting this up for my sixth grade math classroom. Do you have any recommendations for prompts? And this is a place for us to share, to learn, to have coaches in your corner to support you in maybe implementing ChatGPT, especially in the beginning of the year. Our goal is by running this in August, September, in October, the first three months of the school year, our goal is, is to help support you in creating a classroom culture that sees ChatGPT as a thought partner from the very beginning of school, and then being able to leverage it and grow with it uh, through the school year with your students. So that's our goal with this. Again, you're going to want to fill out that form in the show notes or over at shiftingschools.com. You can click on the link there and uh, go ahead and sign up on that Google form as well. Trisha, did I leave anything out? I think that's it. Just uh, if you are registering a cohort of seven or more teachers, if you are in leadership, you can reach out to us, info at shiftingschools.com. That email address will be there. Again, we've been pleasantly surprised to see quite a few people already sign up. So if you've got questions, we'd encourage you send us that email sooner rather than later. Awesome. Trisha, it's always fun geeking out with you. I have a feeling this isn't going to be the last time we geek out on AI is it is the thing right now in education. And we're going to be looking at ChatGPT and other AI tools through different lenses. This one happens to be around skill-based assessments uh, and ways that we can bring it into our assessment and think of assessments differently. Uh, And that's what really this is all about is looking at, okay, we know where the future is going. We know that corporations are, are focused on skills. How do we make sure that our students have time to play with the skills and build the skills that corporations are looking for for the workplace. So that's that's really our goal with this. So uh, we're going to be looking at this through different lens. You're going to hear more about this uh, as the summer goes on as well. Trisha, it's always great hanging out and geeking out with you. Looking forward to the next Geek Out session, Jeff. Thanks again. All right. Take care, everyone. And until next time, we'll see you on the network. <laughs>